Hi guys, don't forget you can follow me on my website at nonstopaudiopodshow.com and you can email me at nonstopaudiopodshow at gmail.com for your requests. Thanks a lot and enjoy the podcast. We present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Spencer Affair, a radio serial in eight episodes by Francis Durbridge. Episode 7, Dinner at the Stardust. It's rather curious I should bump into you, Temple. Indeed? Yes. I think you'll be rather surprised when I tell you who I'm having dinner with this evening. Really? Who are you having dinner with, Mr. Frost? With Peter Wallace. Peter Wallace? Yes. I thought you'd be surprised. When did you make this appointment? About five days ago. Wallace telephoned and said he wanted to see me. I'm afraid I was rather offhand because, as you know, I've never considered him a friend of mine. Quite the reverse, in fact. Was it his suggestion that you had dinner together? Yes, it was. He said there were several things he wanted to discuss with me. Did he give you any hint as to what he meant? Not exactly, but... But what? Well, he said a rather curious thing. I asked him what it was he wanted to see me about, and he said, I want you to tell me why your name isn't on the record. Why your name isn't on the record? Yes. What did you say? I started to ask him, and he said... I'll see you at the Stardust Club on the 16th at 9 o'clock. And you haven't heard from him since? No. Have you any idea what he meant about your name and the record? Not the slightest. And I'm very curious. In fact, that's the only reason I'm at the Stardust tonight. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid Peter Wallace isn't going to satisfy your curiosity. Why not? He's dead. Dead? Yes. But I... I can't believe it. Peter Wallace was murdered. My husband and I found his body. Where did you find him? We went down to a place called Salix Island near Henley. We found Wallace in the river. He'd been drowned. Drowned? But I thought you said he was murdered. He was. Someone knocked him out, tied his hands and feet, and dragged him into the water. <sighs> you know, I can hardly believe this. Do the police know? Of course. But have they any idea who did it? They think the same as I do. That he was murdered by the same person who murdered Mary Dreisler. I see. Frost, have you ever been to Paris? No, curiously enough, I haven't. Really? Well, I've been all over the continent, but I've never actually been to Paris. I see. Why do you ask? I was wondering if you'd been to a nightclub in Paris called La Mediterranee. No, but Mary went there. She went there several times. How do you know? I remember we were talking about nightclubs, and she said it was a very good one. Two dry martinis and a medium sherry. Oh, thank you. Oh, um, Miss Gibson presents her compliments, sir, and would like to see you if you can spare a moment. Yes, certainly. Where is she? Uh, she's in her office, sir, on the first floor. Oh, thank you. Temple, you remember the last time we spoke on the telephone? Yes. I mentioned the diamond brooch I gave to Mary. Yes. You said I gave it to her because I was under a misapprehension about her. That's right. What did you mean by that? You know perfectly well what I meant. What? The very first time we met, you told me to find out why you'd given Mary the brooch. Yes, I know. Well, I did find out. Don't look so confused, Frost, when you're not. Well, really? I'm going to see Terry Gibson, Steve. I'll be back in a few minutes. I'm sure Mr. Frost will entertain you. Yes. All right, Paul. Well, you know your husband is the most extraordinary person, Mrs. Temple. Yes. 
But don't underrate him, Mr. Frost. That's the last thing I should do, I assure you. see why the inspector should have questioned me about Peter Wallace. He wasn't a friend of mine. I hardly knew him. You say boss per telephone, Joe? Yes, about half an hour ago. He asked me if I knew that Wallace had been murdered. When I said I didn't, he started to ask me all sorts of questions. He is investigating the case, Miss Gibson. Yes, I know, but why pick on me? Wallace came here quite frequently. You told me that yourself. So do hundreds of other people, but they're not friends of mine. Surely, Mr. Temple, you must realize that when you run a place like this, you see hundreds of people. You get to know them in a casual kind of way, but you don't know what sort of lives they lead, what sort of people they really are. Yes, I appreciate that. Well, I wish you'd make the inspector appreciate it. <laughs> now, what can I do for you? What makes you think you can do anything for me? I know we have very good food at the Stardust and a very good orchestra, but that's not why you came here. <laughs> no, you're quite right, it isn't. Miss Gibson, do you know a club in Paris called La Mediterranée? Yes, it's in the Boulevard Saint-Germain. It's run by a man called André Renault. That's right. Do you know him? Well, there you are again. Yes, I know him, but only casually. He's been here once or twice searching for talent. And have you been to La Mediterranée? No. Oh, yes, I have once, a long time ago. What kind of a place is it? It's rather pleasant. Like this, only on a smaller scale. Hmm. They tell me that Renault has rather a reputation. Is that true? A reputation? What do you mean, with women, or...? I don't really know what I mean. It was just a remark I overheard. Oh, he may have a bad reputation. I don't know. He's certainly a very good businessman. And now there's something I want to ask you. Yes? Pete Roberts phoned me this morning. He said he was off the bottle and he'd like to come back here in Cabaret. Well? Well, I understand you've seen quite a lot of Pete recently. No, oh, I wouldn't say that. I've seen him once or twice. But go on. Well, the point is, if I give him another chance... Do you think I'm taking a big risk? I'm not an authority on dipsomaniacs. You'd better ask a doctor. No, I don't mean because of the drink. I've just got to take a chance on that. Well, what do you mean? As I've told you before, I don't want any bad publicity. I don't want anyone at the Stardust to be mixed up in anything. In a murder case, for instance. What makes you think Pete might be mixed up in a murder case? I don't. I don't think he's mixed up in anything. But it's not what I think. It's what the police think. They've questioned Pete about the Dreisler murder. So have you, Mr. Temple. We've questioned a lot of people, if it comes to that, including you. <laughs> but if you want to take a chance on Pete Roberts, go ahead and reserve me a table for the first night. Well, I'll think about it. <laughs> about Roberts, I mean, not about the table. <laughs> Good night. Good night, Mr. Temple. I agree about Saint-Tropez, but if you go further along the coast, towards Marseille, you usually... Oh, sorry to be in so long. We've been talking about holidays. Oh. Mr. Frost went to Portugal last year and it rained every day. Except the day I left, of course. Of course. <laughs> well, um, if you'll excuse me, I'll say goodnight. Oh, won't you stay and have some dinner with us? Oh, that's very kind of you, but I won't, if you don't mind. I have several things I want to attend to. Um, good night, Mrs. Temple. And don't forget what I told you about Rockabrun. I won't. Good, good night. night, Temple. Good night. Hmm, what's all this about Rockabrun? And it's a little place near Monton, Mentone, whichever you prefer. He adores it. What do you make of Frost? I don't know. He's quite amusing. Smooth? No, I wouldn't call him smooth. A little actorish. There's a word like that. Yes, I know what you mean. What happened to Terry Gibson? Apparently, Pete Roberts wants to work for her again. She wanted my advice. 
Why your advice? You're not an impresario. She wanted to know whether Roberts was likely to be arrested or not. Arrested? Mm. You see, she doesn't want to employ him if he's going to get any bad publicity. At least, that's what she says. You know, I don't believe Terry Gibson, Paul. What do you mean, you don't believe her? Why should she worry about publicity? Surely these places thrive on it. Yes, I'm inclined to agree. In which case, why mention Pete Roberts to you at all? Well, she may have been quizzing me. You mean on Pete's behalf? Yes, I've seen him several times recently. Perhaps he's worried. Perhaps he wants to know whether I really suspect him. And do you? <laughs> I suspect everybody, darling. I even suspect that we're not going to get any dinner this evening. <laughs> Waiter! Waiter! I've got to get my hat and coat, and I want to make a phone call. I'll meet you near the phone box. Yes, well, I shall be about five minutes. Right. Oh, I beg your pardon. Sorry, I... Oh, hello, Temple. Hello, Pete. What are you doing here? I've got an appointment to see Terry Gibson. Oh, yes, of course. She told me about it. She did? Yes. When did you see Terry? Oh, about an hour ago. What did she tell you? She said you wanted to come back here, in Cabaret. Yes, yes, that's true. I've, I've got to do something. Things are getting desperate. The tax people have really got that clause into me this time. Yes, you told me about it. Oh, did I? Well, I wish you luck. Thanks. But, Temple, did Terry give you the impression that... Well... Go on. How do you think she feels about the idea? About my coming back here, I mean? She's a little apprehensive. How do you mean? You're a pretty heavy drinker, Pete, judging from any standards. Yes, I, I know, but I'm stone-cold sober now. Just look, steady as a rock. I'm really cutting down on it. I'm glad to hear it. It's, it's not easy. No, I don't imagine it is. Anyway, I gather she's not completely against the idea. But would she be seeing you if she was? No, I suppose not, but she didn't sound too friendly on the phone. Anyway, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Yes. Good night. Good night, Pete. Sir Graham, this is Temple. Oh, hello, Temple. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Sir Graham, I want you to do something for me. Yes, of course. I want you to contact Interpol and make inquiries about a man called André Renault. He runs a nightclub called La Méditerranée. In London? No, in Paris, Boulevard Saint-Germain. What is it you want to know exactly? I have a shrewd suspicion he's mixed up in the Spencer affair. Uh-huh. Find out when he was last over here and whether he's a friend of Terry Gibson's. Right. Will you be in tomorrow morning? Yes. I'll phone you as soon as I get to the office. Good. Thank you, Sir Graham. Good night. You ready, Steve? Yes, dear. I've just seen Pete Roberts. Where? Coming out of the cloakroom. He's got an appointment with Terry Gibson. And it looks as if she was telling the truth. Then. Shall I get you a taxi, sir? No, thank you. I think we'll walk for a little while. Thank you, sir. I hope it is a little while. Oh, go on. The exercise will do you good. What do you mean, do me good? Come on. It's a lovely night. Tired? No, I'm fine. Do you want to walk all the way home? You don't think I can make it, do you, partner? Well... well you're darn right I can. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's right. pick up a taxi. All right. 
There's one on the opposite side of the road. Steve, look out! <laughs> Steve, are you all right, darling? Yes, of course. I'm I'm sorry, darling, I had to push you like that. Yeah, it's a ruddy good job you did, mate, or he'd have knocked her for six. Steve. It's all right, Paul. I'm, but I'm, sure. I was a bit surprised it took me off balance. Oh, gosh, my stockings. Darling, I had to push you. You're sure you're not hurt? Well, my shoulder's a bit... Look at my dress. Yes, we'll get a cab. Now, here's one. Taxi. Oh, that's taken, darling. Uh, Temple. Mr. Temple. <laughs> Dreiser. Oh, is this your cab, Dreiser? Yes, yes, I've been to the theatre, but what on earth has happened? Are you all right, Mrs. Temple? Yes, I'm... She's rather shaken. Yes, yes, of course, I can see that. Look, uh, get in here, Mrs. Thank Temple. You. Thank you very much. Come on, now. Uh, now, you sit over there, Temple, next to your wife. Now, where do you wish to go to? Eaton Square? Yes, please. Go to Eaton Square, driver, please. We'll tell you when to stop. Oh, this is very kind of you, Mr. Dreisler. Oh, not at all. I'm so glad it came along like that. But tell me, please, what happened? Were you in a car or just crossing the road? We were walking across the road and a car suddenly raced around the corner and made straight for us. Fortunately, I spotted it and pushed my wife to one side. But didn't the car stop? No. You mean it was done deliberately? Quite deliberately. But who would do such a thing? Did you see the driver? Yes, I saw him, but I'd never recognize him again. He wore glasses and he had a scarf thing over most of his face. Hmm. But you saw the car. Did you get the number? Yes, VPE-132. But this really is quite extraordinary. I didn't think such things could happen in London. Only to us, Mr. Dreisler. <laughs> Only to us. <laughs> Good evening. May I come in? Yes, yes, of course. How's Mrs. Temple? Oh, she's all right now, thank you. She's had a hot bath and she's in bed. Well, you've got more nerve than I have. I don't push my wife around like that. <laughs> and if I hadn't, the car would have knocked her down. So I understand. It's a good job you had the presence of mind. Well, is there any news? Yes, we've traced the car. You have? That's quick work. Oh, it wasn't very difficult. It was abandoned shortly after your little episode. Mm. We found it in Hyde Park. Oh, was it a stolen car? Yes, it was reported stolen at 10.15. About half an hour before we left the Stardust Club. Yes. Obviously, whoever picked it up stooged around until you and Mrs. Temple left the club, and then he followed you. I see. But uh, you haven't heard the most interesting news. Who do you think the car belongs to? I don't know. Mr. Frost. Adrian Frost? Yes. But we saw him last night. He was with us until about nine o'clock. Nine o'clock? Yes. But he didn't leave the Stardust until just after ten. Well, it was just after nine when he left us. He telephoned Savile Row, that's the local station, about the car just after ten-fifteen. I, uh, I understand you saw the driver. Yes, but I wouldn't recognise him again. He wore glasses and a scarf. It was impossible to see his features. Mm. Could it have been Frost himself? Well, I suppose it could have been. But you don't think it was? No, I don't think so. Hey. I, uh, I understand Mr. Dreisler brought you home. Yes, he was passing in a taxi and gave us a lift. Was that just a coincidence? Apparently. He said he'd been to the theatre. Which one, did you ask him? He said the Empress. What time was it when he picked you up? About 11. The show finished at 10.40. I've already checked that, Inspector. <laughs> 
Thank you. Uh, excuse me, sir. Yes, what is it, Charlie? Uh, Mr. Frost would like to see you, sir. Temple, forgive me for bursting in like this, but... Oh, hello, Inspector. Good evening, sir. All right, Johnny. Temple, I've just heard about the car accident. Is Mrs. Temple all right? Yes, there's nothing to worry about, fortunately. It was my car. I suppose you know that. So the inspector's just been telling me. I was rather surprised. But so was I. Who uh, told you about the attempt to run Mr. Temple down? One of your people. I've just picked up the car and he told me all about it, so I came round here straight away. Mr. Frost, would you mind giving me a few more details? About the car? No. About yourself, sir. What time did you arrive at the Starters Club? About half past eight. I had an appointment. Look, you don't think I tried to run Temple down. You don't think I was driving the car. Oh, no, sir. There's no question of that. But I'd like to know exactly what happened. You arrived at the club at half past eight. Yes. I had an appointment with Pete Wallace. But Wallace is dead. Yes, I know. But I didn't know until Mr. Temple told me. That's true, Inspector. I stayed with Mr. and Mrs. Temple for about 20 minutes and then decided to go home. I suppose it was about nine o'clock when I left you. Yes, it was. Go on, sir. Well, just as I was going, a waiter came across and said that Miss Gibson wanted to see me. So I went up to see her in her office. Yes? Well, Terry said she was looking for someone to write material for a new cabaret, and she wondered if I'd be interested. Were you? Oh, I wasn't particularly intrigued by the idea. It's not really my cup of tea. And besides, I'm after a film contract. But we sat and talked about it for some little time. What do you mean, some little time? Well, it was about ten to ten when I left her. I see. Uh, did you talk about anything else other than the cabaret act? Well, she mentioned Wallace. I told her I was supposed to be dining with him, and I told her what you told me. What did she say? She asked me if you'd made any comment on the murder, and I said you hadn't. Hmm. Go on. Well, I said goodnight to Terry, picked up my hat and coat from the cloakroom, and left the club. What time was that? About five minutes to ten. You didn't see Pete Roberts, by any chance? Pete Roberts? Yes. No. Was he at the Stardust Club? Yes. We saw him just as we were leaving. He had an appointment with Miss Gibson. I didn't see him. And then what? Well, the rest of the story you know. When I got outside, I couldn't find my car. I looked all over for it and then went back into the club and phoned the police. And what time was that? You know what time it was, Inspector. You've got a record of it. Nevertheless, It was I about should... a quarter past ten. Thank you, sir. Look, Temple, I feel pretty bad about this. Oh, there's no reason why you should. Yes, but I do. After all, it was my car that tried to run you down. But you weren't driving the car? Is that a question, Inspector? No, sir, it's a statement. If you weren't driving it, you weren't responsible. Frost, would you do something for me? Certainly. Have lunch with me on Wednesday. I'll pick you up at one o'clock. Yes, all right, Temple. One o'clock. Oh, there's still some coffee in the pot. Like some, Steve? No, thank you. Careful, Paul. Oh, dear, you'll spill it all over the bed. <laughs> you do hate having breakfast in bed, don't you, darling? I do. Except when I'm on holiday. Well, pretend you're on holiday today. If you think that I'm going to stay in bed all day just because I've got a stiff Now, shoulder... look, dear, we've had a pretty hectic time during the past two or three days. You've got to take it easy. Yes, but I'm not going to stay in oh. bed. <laughs> Come in. I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Oh, what is it, Charlie? It's Graham Forbes is here, sir. Oh, all right. 
Um, tell him I'll be with him in a moment. Yes, sir. Shall I get your dressing gown? No, girl? you stay where you are, Steve. I can get it. Oh, good morning, Sir Graham. Uh, good morning, Temple. Am I too early for you? No, no, no. Forgive the dressing gown. It's my wife's idea of what the popular novelist should wear. <laughs> How is Steve? Oh, her shoulder's a little stiff. Uh, apart from that, she's fine. Oh, good. Well, I did what you wanted, Temple. I've been through to Paris three or four times since you phoned me. Oh, good. This man you're interested in, Andre Rayner. Yes. He seems to be quite a character. Well, that doesn't surprise me. What did you find out? Well, ostensibly, he runs that nightclub in Paris and a small restaurant in Cannes. Ostensibly? Yes, the French people have had their eye on him for some little time. They think his catering activities are just, well, a cover-up. A cover-up for what? They're pretty certain he's a jewel fence. Mm -hmm. But they can't catch him. As soon as he gets the stuff, he passes it on. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. You think he works for Spencer? I'm sure of it. When was he over here last? Oh, about two months ago. He's due to make another trip. How do you know? Well, he comes over every two or three months, and just before he leaves, he goes down to the restaurant in Cannes. Then he flies over to London from Nice. Is he in Cannes at the moment? I believe so. Oh, uh, did you mention Renault to Teddy Gibson? Oh, yes. She admits she knows him. Uh -huh. So does Pete Roberts. Did you know uh, Roberts played at La Mediterranee for a short while in Cabaret? Yes, I did. Was he a success? Well, he was booked for three weeks and he stayed four nights. <laughs> oh, Excuse me, Certainly. Paul Temple speaking. Oh, Vasper here. Is Sir Graham with you? Yes, hold on, Inspector. It's for you, Sir Graham. It's Vasper. Oh, thank you. Hello? Sir Graham? Yes? Oh, good morning, sir. Good morning. I've just had a call through from Paris. Reno left Nice on the plane. He's due in London Airport at 11.40. You know what to do. Contact Richie. I've already done so, sir. Good. He's on his way to the airport. Right. Thank you, Vosper. Renault's left Nice? Yes. He's due here at 11.40. There'll be someone on his tail from the moment he lands. Well, I hope he's a good man. Renault's no fool, and it's my bet he's already been tipped off that we're interested in him. Mm, don't worry. Richie could follow you all over Europe, and you wouldn't be any the wiser. Richie? I, I don't think I know him. Oh, he's been with us about five years now. A short chap. India rubber face. Looks different every time you look at him. Mm, I can't place him. Exactly. He's completely unorthodox, but he won't let us down. Well, I'd like to take a look at the unorthodox, Mr. Ritchie. Well, why not? They have a very good lounge at London Airport. There's no reason why we shouldn't be sitting in it. <laughs> British European Airways announced the arrival of flight number 281 from Nice. Passengers will be coming to channel number 10 in approximately five minutes. Let's go into the restaurant, Sir Graham. We can see the passengers in the window. Right. Do you think you'll recognise Andre Renault? I think so. I've seen photographs of him. That's the plane? Yes. Here they are. They're walking across the tarmac. Is that Renault in the camel hair coat? I don't think so. Yes, that, yes, that's him. That's Renault. He's a pretty slick-looking customer, isn't he? Yes. Where will your man Richie pick him up? In the, in, in the customs hall? I imagine so. No, wait a minute. There's Richie down there with a the passenger. Where? That little chap with the green hat and the briefcase. But how did he get down there? He couldn't have been on the plane. Ah, I never ask questions where Richie's concerned. But he's certainly on the job. He's a curious little man, isn't he? Is he English? No. As a matter of fact, his name's Freeburg. He was born in Cologne. 
He was with the intelligence people and transferred to the yard. Does he speak with an accent? Yes, very slight, but he can broaden it, and being a linguist, he can change his accent to Italian, French, anything you like. They're going into the customs. Now, shall we stay here or go down to the hall? I think we'd better stay here. If Reno spots us, uh, well, either of us, for that matter, it, it's not going to help, Richie. Yes, I agree. Can I get you anything, sir? Um, yes, please. We'll have some coffee. Thank you, sir. They should be clear of the customs by now, Temple. Yes, we'll go down. Wait, wait a minute. Isn't this Richie? Why, yes. What's he doing up here? What the devil's gone wrong? Good morning, Sir Gregor. What is it, Richie? What's happened? Renault's arrived. Uh, yes, we know. I, we've seen him, but uh, why are you He's not... He's not leaving the airport. He's catching the next plane back to Paris. How do you know this? Uh, this is Paul Temple, Richie. Yes, yes, I know. What is your question, Mr. Temple? I said, how do you know he's returning to Paris? Reynolds received the telegram. It was handed to him in the customs hall. Well? I've read it, Sir Graham. What did it say? Read it for yourself, Mr. Temple. Oh, thank you. Return to Paris immediately. Imperative, make no contacts. Spencer. They obviously knew we were going to take him. Yes. How did you get the telegram? There was an awful crash going through the customs. It was not difficult to help myself, Mr. Temple. <laughs> I see. Well, I don't see what we can do, Temple. We can't arrest Reno, and if we start questioning him... Wait a minute, Sir Graham. What is it? What are you thinking of, Mr. Temple? I have an idea. I don't know whether it'll work or not, but it's worth trying. Excuse me, sir. Is your name Reno? Uh, why do you wish to know my name? There's a Monsieur Henri Reno wanted on the telephone, sir. I've been asked to make inquiries. Who wants to speak to Monsieur Reno? I'm afraid I don't know. If you're not the gentleman in question... I... Yes, yes, my name is Renaud. I'm the person you are looking for. Where's his telephone? Uh, this way, if you please. Hello? Monsieur Renaud? Yes? One moment, please. Hello? Hello. Is that your Renaud? Yes. Yes, who is that? You got the telegram. Yes, yes, I got a telegram. But who is that? Who's that speaking? Don't you recognize my voice? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, of course, I'm sorry. Uh, what is it you want, Dreisler? That was episode seven of Paul Temple and the Spencer Affair, a radio serial by Francis Durbridge, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. The part of Sir Graham Forbes was played by Lester Muddit, Adrian Frost by Simon Lack, and Detective Inspector Vosper by Hugh Manning. Production for the BBC was by Martin C. Webster. Hi guys, Kev here. Just like to say a big thank you for subscribing and listening to the podcasts. If you're new here, welcome to the pod. Now back to the story. And once again, thanks very much. Hi guys, Kev here. Just to let you know this new podcast started. Might just try and check it out. If you like it, if you'd like to leave me a review on it, it'll help me so much. Bye for now.